here with um, Kiz McGibbon from Welcome Bay School. Kiz, would you like to give us a quick intro into your teaching journey so far? So I'm into my fourth year of teaching at Welcome Bay School and I have a year two, three class um, and work in a collaborative learning space with three other fabulous teachers. Brilliant. Um, can you just describe for us the assessment practices that um, are used at your school? So we have an, um, a schedule, an assessment schedule mm -hmm. for the year, which goes out to all the hubs so we know we can plan ahead for when everything's coming up, so it looks like this. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's very specific to the year level and exactly when things need to be undertaken. Um, there's also a bit of a write-up on exactly what each piece of assessment looks like, um, you know, what exactly what the running record needs to look like mm -hmm. to ensure that we get consistency across the school. Brilliant. Is it okay if we take a copy of these? Yep. Is that possible? Oh, thank, you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, what do you feel are the most useful forms of assessment? Uh, so my team thinks that um, the ones which directly inform their teaching are the most effective and also assessments which can help you measure how effective your teaching has mm -hmm. been. So something like using a gloss test um, after you've taught a strand like multiplication or add sub yeah. And seeing exactly how effective your teaching's been. Good. Um, how long have you seen assessment practice change over time or since you've started here? So we've been working on making our assessment more streamlined so that it's really differentiated for each age group. Um, an example of that would be a couple of years back we all all of the year levels did the gloss test and then we realised that it wasn't really the right assessment for the junior school so the junior introduced um, JAM testing oh, which yeah. gives more yeah. specific information, breaks it down a little bit. Um, what else? The teachers I spoke with talked about national standards and you know, they've been teaching for quite a while and mm. they talked about the stress that national standards has put on teachers with assessment and how difficult it is to to say that a child who's only had a small amount of time at school is actually below their learning. Mm. Um, when all teachers know that kids, all kids aren't on an even playing field. Yeah, right. They come from really Learn different, different backgrounds, rates, don't they? exactly. Yeah. So how does your assessment feed into reporting at your school? Um, it's... Yeah, we use it, it as a huge part of our reporting. Um, mm. So we, when we're working on our reports and things, I can actually have something to show you. Each hub has collaborative documents which we all feed into for each learning area, so... So we've probably one of the big shifts we've made mm -hmm. is um, there's been a, a huge shift in the last six years in terms of who owns the data. Mm -hmm. So um, that has been, I guess, possibly the thinking used to be that, you know, data was a part of the, the job, you yeah. know, 
but the data really ultimately was for the, the leadership team and then um, the board right. and ultimately the ministry at the end of the year. And there's been a really big cultural shift around that. So mm. it's about um, each hub owns the data from their, ch their, their children um, rather than one teacher owning their class. Sure. They own the hub. And then a, a, a bit more beyond that too would be that we all own all of the data. Mm -hmm. um, so now I'm just the end of the line in terms of collating whole school, but hubs collect their own data. They use that to inform um, weekly and often daily planning. Mm -hmm. um, and our professional learning is also now based on each hub. So we don't have a blanket professional learning um, approach as I know historically some schools have done in the past, done yeah. in the past um, yeah. where you bring in a specialist yes. for the whole staff um, and that um, whereas you know you might have a, a team where their student data might actually be really positive in writing but they have to endure two years of PD for writing mm. and that's mm. not actually their so need as teachers mm. they might actually have a cohort of kids whose need is in oral language or whose need is actually in behaviour Mm. Um, so we've moved right away from a, a whole class teaching model yeah. um, because we believe that good practice scales up the system so we don't expect teachers to do whole class teaching to their class and neither should they expect that we do whole class teaching to them so we um, use more of a personalised model for per professional learning and the team's professional learning mm -hmm. is based on the data from the students that they and teach, group, yeah. and that informs their professional learning. Wow. And, and that doesn't necessarily either have to be all year, because if data shifts, we don't need to we provide that. It, we can yeah. shift with it, so it provides a more flexible model of, um, of learning for teachers. Um, it's more responsive, um, mm. and it also hopefully targets the needs where they are. So that we try to use data very organically um, and, and make sure it's purposefully, purposefully mm. used and, and collected as well. Yeah. Yeah, sounds really good. So this is an example of one of our collaborative documents in each hub um, is there. So this was for maths and yeah, column on gloss and jam, notes on gloss and jam. This anecdotal notes which are just typed straight out of modelling box. Sure. Um, more testing and there's basic facts and things in here as well. So when we are making our OTJs we have the doc open with their last OTJ, all of our notes and their maths book in front of us. So we can Brilliant. And then all of the all the teachers who are in your hub mm -hmm. can access this and input data whenever they need to. Yep. Mm. Yep. Yeah. So is your whole school is that the way it's organised yes. within hubs? Yes. Okay. And so the cultural shift there in terms of practice is about um, Rather than three teachers, three classes, mm -hmm. it's three teachers, one class. Mm -hmm. So in terms of student um, reporting on student achievement, either in written form, mm -hmm. like a, a written report that goes home, all three teachers have had eyes on it, yep. have written it, mm -hmm. and had involvement in the, the information that's informed that report. Mm -hmm. um, so that child has got three professionals that have moderated every part of their life at school, including them as a person, because we mm. also report on those 
um, lunar attributes, yes. you know, the kia kaha, the mm -hmm. um, kia maya, whaitapai tāwhiti, uh, kia manawa nui. So well, because we're doing that, um, it would be easy easy for a... Um, Sorry, excuse me. Easy for a teacher, for example, because you know teaching such a relational thing. Mm. Just, yeah, teaching such a relational thing that we don't all get along with all people, and sometimes those relationship dynamics can have a an impact on the way that we view a child. Correct. Yeah. Because yeah, exactly. we just don't clickety click with everyone, right? No. So when we take the one teacher out of the equation, their view can be challenged or affirmed by multiple views. So that yeah. child's actually getting in a real yeah, rounded picture. Rounded picture of yeah. them as a person and of them as a learner. Yeah. Mm. So we collect data for our birds, which reflect the values of the key competencies really yeah. in the same way. Um, as things happen, as kids do nice little things, um, have a go at something new, you know, participating, mm. contributing, we pop it in the albatross box so that if a parent comes and asks how their kid's going, we've got this all here and it's very helpful for report writing. Yeah, and the imagine. idea is that yeah. we're writing reports all the time, mm -hmm. so yeah. it's it's not... Um, you know, when they're doing these, often you could cut, cut and paste that. The comments straight mm. Kind mm. of, you know, especially yeah. the learning commentary, it can be often mm. cut and paste from the moderation of writing, cut mm. and paste into a report. So it's, it's trying to streamline it so that you're not, yeah, and that's probably been our biggest journey really is trying to streamline all that stuff because, mm. and we're still on that journey. Yeah. Um, there have been multiple um, input points and then transference of those multiple input points across the school yeah. and it just creates double the workload for teachers who are already busy. Um, and so we're trying to now integrate that system there mm. into ETAP so it collates everything yeah, for you. in one spot. Yeah. 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 Wow, that's pretty cool. Very cool. What are you up to? Um, right, so I think you've pretty much you know, answered this anyway about um, consistency across the school. So the expectations mm -hmm. are the same for all the hubs anyway, aren't they? Mm. And I, I think we've probably seen greater consistency. Like you still get inconsistency to a degree between hubs at yeah. sometimes, mm. you know, and I, I guess that's just an ongoing yeah. challenge. Yeah. Um, but we've seen a, a way better consistency um, definitely within hubs and even across hubs. So. We're now trying to, um, when we have writing, for example, we'll put some samples through from each hub yes. either side so, so that we can say, a, yeah, yeah. a level two piece, yeah. it looks the same at that level and this level and the level yeah. above. Yeah. Just because you're older, a level two shouldn't look different True. than a level two at, you know, yeah, down the school. Age. So, mm. yeah, we're trying, we're also cross, um, I guess, pollinating in terms of that um, perspective on what a piece of work looks like and how we make that decision around it across hubs but mm. definitely better consistency in every way within hubs which is three to four classrooms. Mm. A few years ago we had some, we got together with a few other local schools as well um, and moderated together with maths and writing. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think I actually remember coming here. And that yeah. was really helpful for a lot of the staff. 
Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, so also, oh, oh sorry. Okay. So oh. what um, are your next steps in refining assessment at your school? So journey are you on with that? So obviously, um, decreasing workload mm-hmm. for teachers. Um, and one of the ways that we can practically do that is by having a one-stop shop. So um, ETAP's evolving now that we can use it in a, mm. a productive way. So they've just designed our um, our report templates exactly the same yeah. in there. Mm. So when we put data into the system, it will transfer directly into individual children's mm. report templates and yeah. profiles. So that's going to streamline input. Reporting, yeah. Um, uh, I think the other thing too is, um, and this is a big picture thing, but I heard Kez talk before about national standards and the pressures that that's put on people. Mm-hmm. And I I would like to see us move right away from that being the focus. So, um, and I think our outcomes would actually be much better mm-hmm. if we didn't focus on them because we, what tends, what I see happening in New Zealand schools is we're killing good curriculum and interesting and engaging curriculum and interesting and engaging curriculum for both teachers and for kids because we've focused on things like waltz and um, those waltz are direct, di- directly mm. relate to um, a national standard achievement goal mm. and that's super boring. Yeah. It's, it's it super boring. It's kids. boring for adults, mm. let alone kids. Mm. Um, so often when you're asking kids nowadays, you know, what was the most fun part of school today? They can't tell you because, or it was playtime. Mm. Um, you know, they haven't learnt anything that's been necessarily really, really exciting because all the focus is on this really academic yeah. stuff and we've almost put a, an adult lens and an academic lens over learning for children and we actually should have a fun, childlike lens over it where they come away, oh, today I learned about, yeah. did you know the sun, did you know yeah. Neptune is, you know, like that's what kids, yeah, we want yeah. kids to be mm-hmm. learning about life and the planet and the solar system and um, and the world around them, that, that intrigues them and sparks curiosity and wonder and, and I think we've moved, we're, we've really lost that, mm-hmm. so that would be the next step is how do we, how do national standards sit there underneath an exciting curriculum and they just happen because they're there, because yeah. essentially we've always had standards, right? Mm. We've always had curriculum levels, we've mm. always had achievement objectives, yep. we've always had um, a curriculum levelling system that was tiered or scaled across year groups. Mm. It's, it was there well before national standards. And we used to report against those, so mm. we used to say kids you know, are working where they need to be or they're not, we mm. always have had that. Mm. But we've just become so fixated on it that it's killing the joy. Yeah. And so we just need to move back to really good curriculum that's awesome to teach, where kids can find a dead weasel on the road and bring it into class and go, oh, look what I found today, and you know, pull it apart and yeah. play with it with rubber gloves and do all that stuff and write about it and draw about it and you know, find out yeah. more about mustelids and what, what they do instead of you know, making tidy tens and yeah. Yeah. And I, I know we've talked about um, your bird system for your key competencies, but could we just have a talk about how, how that works for the for the record? So um, your assessment of key competencies. So in our reports, that's got a hard copy. So we this is how we report from each um, each of our our key version of the key competencies. So. 
um, our Kariria bird is showing courage, and so we write about yeah what they've what they've given a go. Try and be really specific. So our belief system around reporting, uh, reporting, we did a big review on it a number of years ago, and we came up with two kind of fundamental belief systems around what that was. And one was that um, we need to be able to show that we know the child as a learner, so the academic stuff, mm -hmm. and that we need to show that we know the child as a child, as a person. So those are our two fundamental beliefs mm -hmm. around the report system. Um, and this part is about the person, this part's about academia, and then this part's kind of a mix, really. Um, so, mm -hmm. yeah, that, that's the premise for those reports. And is that when you came up with your five birds? No, no, they've been here for a long time. We're just... Yeah. They were they were here like so I started in two thousand and twelve. They were they've been developed, and we've really just continued to and I guess um, integrate them more and more in everything we do, so mm -hmm. that you know they've become living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, so have yeah, show courage, ask questions, be inquisitive, um, have a heart, take risks with your learning, seek adventure, and stand proud. Very cool. Mm. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Thank you. So, are there any other practices or frameworks that you might be interested in investigating in your school? Um, yes. Um, teachers don't know about it yet, but um, I'm just looking, trying to get my head around the learning progressions at the moment, in between all the other crazy stuff that's going on. Um, so that'll be the next thing I think is us looking at the learning progressions and maybe. I know, hopefully to bring some consistency around what the decisions that we're making um, and they kind of are an exemplar based model so um, they'll provide some additional support there and it's sort of more of a one-stop shop than having the exemplar sitting here and the uh, ASTL framework here or rubric there and then you know it's kind of all tied in together so I think that would probably be a logical step that's getting our head around those um, yeah that's the next immediate thing anyway. Cool. And um, our last question is just about um, whether or not um, Welcome Bay have had any experience with the All or the ALIM or the MIST um, programs at your school. Had three ALIM. teachers do the ALIM program. Mm. Okay. But yeah. not All or MIST. We didn't, the mm. teacher that would have been perfect for MIST um, wasn't allowed to because she, um, you know how there was the criteria was, yeah, around you had to have a degree? That. Yeah. So she was one of the people that did the diploma of teaching. Right. And she'd been teaching 30 years. Crazy. And they wouldn't let her. So um, she would have been probably one of the most amazing myths out there. But um, we didn't go there and we didn't need to. She, um, mm. yeah. Okay. So we've had three teachers go through Ireland, but no one through all the myths. But, right. Yeah. Okay, so how's that filtered back into your school? The Alum? Yeah. Um, so, trying to think when the last person was, it was probably three years ago, eh? Yeah. Um, so, basically, it's had, uh, I think, changed our, a lot of our practice um, in terms of that trial was then transposed into generally a hub model of, yeah. of what we do. Um, and it's probably even had an impact in terms of literacy and, you know, just as a model of, because it's so, just essentially yeah, inquiry, yeah, isn't yeah, it? It's teaching yeah. through inquiry. So. We've also done quite a bit of work around teaching as inquiry and yeah. um, 
really that's what ALIM is. Yeah, and so was that person sort of, were they sort of mentor, did they have mentor roles with the other hubs? At the time, at the time yes, yeah. at the time, but it not, hasn't, you know, I think we've kind of... Although the one in our hub who did, still went through the ALIM mm. program is, yeah, our key mentor for... Thank you Brilliant. so much for your time. Yeah, thank you. It's lovely to meet you and come and mm. see your skull. It's a gorgeous mm. little skull. Um, so yeah, we just we really appreciate your sharing with us. Yeah, so um, nice.